My Blood to Baby On Demand. Parent experts at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In this area, ready and waiting for you are meditations, feeding checklists, baby preparation lists, white noise, rain sounds, weaning recipes, pregnancy affirmations, and baby group taster sessions. As well as that, we have pregnancy experts, birth experts, postpartum experts, sleep experts, expert parent coaches, finance experts, and relationship experts. And this is only the beginning. All of these videos and all of this is waiting for you as soon as you join. And what's more, there's going to be more and more videos and experts joining this area. So come and join us now and start benefiting with the beta launch price. My Bumped Baby Experts On Demand. Experts at your fingertips 24-7 on any device. Unfortunately. In life, things happen that we have no control over, which is why My Bump to Baby works with one financial advisor and one family law solicitor in each town throughout the UK. If you have not protected your family in case the worst should happen, please, please think about it. So many families are left homeless when a loved one passes away and the spouse left behind cannot afford the mortgage or the bills. If you have not got protection, please think about it. We insure our mobile phone. We insure our household appliances. We insure our pets. Why don't we insure ourselves? Please, please, today, go to www.mybumptobaby.com forward slash family protection legal and find your nearest financial advisor or family protection specialist. It is so important that you are covered should the worst happen. Are you looking for groups and classes for your little one? Perhaps you're looking for pregnancy classes for yourself. My Bump to Baby is the UK's leading pregnancy to preschool directory. To find your nearest pregnancy to preschool group, class, lesson or service, head over to www mybumptobaby.com You can also read our reviews on the latest products, days out and services. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood, the place where we can come and talk openly and freely about motherhood and all the different journeys and challenges it brings. So today I'm really excited to welcome on my guest Lauren back. Now Lauren is actually our My Bumped Baby area manager for the Newcastle Pontine area. As well as being a mum of three, Lauren also runs her own blog, which is called The Newcastle Mum. And if that's not enough, she is also the head of our influencer network at My Bump to Baby as well. And she looks after our network of over 500 parent bloggers and influencers. 
So today we are talking to Lauren about sepsis, something that Lauren actually experienced only a couple of months ago when she nearly lost her life after giving birth to her little boy. So we're going to cover about sepsis today and we're going to raise awareness about it so you know what to look out for and she can share her story with you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today I am talking to my lovely friend Lauren Back who unfortunately suffered sepsis um, after her son was born. So hello Lauren, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, very good. I mean even, even I think it was on season two, by season two I don't think you'd actually given birth to max at that stage I'm not sure um, no I don't think so I think it just finished it had yeah so so we knew you were pregnant and everything and then obviously unfortunately you're on here today but talking about a subject that we need to raise awareness about but you know only a few months ago this actually hadn't happened to you so um yeah it's quite a quite a big few months you've been through really yeah a bit of a roller coaster definitely definitely but um so what I want to do Lauren is probably just go back to the start um so as I mentioned um to everyone in the introduction Lauren actually is our area manager for the Newcastle upon Tyne area and she's also the head of our influencer network as well so as if Lauren hasn't got a hands full enough she's also got her three children so Lauren tell us a little bit about you um so I'm just a normal person from Newcastle Um, I've got three lovely little babies I've got two girls and one boy Um, I've got a puppy at the minute as well so that's more drama to add in Um, <laughs> she's only three months so she's a Labrador she's a bit of a handful but she's lovely um, um on maternity leave but I'll go back in April the start of April I go back so it's just a bit full-on at the minute yeah I bet you feel like you've not really had much of a maternity leave really no it's just been the same hasn't it just same four walls not being able to do much but I know, I know. it's hard work isn't it but so Lauren you've got you, you so last year you obviously you've got your two gorgeous girls and then did you decide to have another one or did did uh, your little one just happen uh, so well it, but I say accident it was a surprise <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't planned but it was a nice surprise um and I think we've always well I've always said I would have another one Alan on the other hand is a bit like mm, I don't know maybe if it's a boy um yeah. we got um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't planned but it was a surprise oh that's, how, how far gone were you when you found out um well I was eight about eight weeks when I found out um but then as you know I was suffering the bleeding and I went to the hospital where I was told that I was having a miscarriage and which was sort of new because before I had Mia which is my first daughter um we'd had two before I had Mia so Mm -hmm. I sort of knew um but then for about two weeks I was still getting like symptoms like pregnancy symptoms like uh, sickness like boobs hurting and just feeling generally like you know when you're first pregnant and you're really drained and tired yeah um so Alan was like maybe you should go back to the hospital and just like have a checkup um 
So I went back. Obviously, I had to go by myself because it was COVID, mm-hmm. um, which was stressful enough. And then yeah. I go back and they're like, oh, no, you, there's still a baby there. <gasps> wow. So <laughs> it, it could have been that it was twins then. Yeah. The, well, I mean, I'm still waiting for answers, but they did say they were going to look into it. And they did say that they, it could have been twins. They think it was. Um, but they haven't confirmed it, so... Oh, it's sad, but nice at the same time that he's okay. Um yeah. Obviously, because, uh, yeah, I mean... I think Callum would have had a heart attack if it was twins. Oh, my God, could you imagine? Oh, dear God, I know. <laughs> Bless you. So that is a bit of a roller coaster in itself, isn't it, at the beginning? Yeah. So you eight weeks, you think you're pregnant, then you think you're losing it, and then you're pregnant again. So, yeah. Was it when you were bleeding? Was there loads of blood, Lauren, or was it just like was it like a normal miscarriage, like compared to what you had before? Um, well, much like they were both a bit different. So the first one that I had was quite bad, and then the second one I had wasn't as bad. So it was sort of like the second one. It wasn't like loads and loads of blood, but it was enough to think, oh, there's something not right. Yeah. Um. So obviously that's when Alan was like, oh, like I'll take you to the hospital. Mm. Um, and that's when we got told but then obviously two weeks later Max was still there oh that's amazing <laughs> I love that um so your pregnancy then Lauren was that a smooth pregnancy um I say I mean I, I'm lucky that I was pregnant but this one was tougher compared to the last two I had so with me and Millie I didn't have any symptoms I was just it was just plain sailing the whole way through um but from the minute I got told I was having a miscarriage and I wasn't. I knew that Max was going to be trouble. <laughs> yeah. um, so from about just after I found out that he was obviously still there, um, I had really bad sciatica to the point where I couldn't, I physically couldn't get to the toilet, like from the bedroom, which is just the next room along. Um, Cause I was in that much pain just with my back. I couldn't walk. I couldn't put like weight on my leg. And it got to the point where Alan was having to like help us go to the toilet, like to get to the bathroom. And that sort of was until about 30 weeks. And then I got a maternity belt, which sort of just like lifts the pressure off a bit. And that did help. Um, and I think what helped as well was that he'd move positions. So I think the way that he was lying to start with, he was lying on the nerve. Mm-hmm. um and then he'd moved so it like towards the end it relieved the pressure um but then obviously at 36 weeks I got told at the midwife appointment that he hadn't grown so then we had to go for the emergency growth scan um which at the time it was when partners couldn't go with you for emergency like scans and stuff oh, God. I had to go with that by myself with Alan waiting in the car park um and they were told, and we were told, oh yeah, no, he's fine. I think he's going to be like the bigger baby out of the three. Um, so Mia was seven ten, and Millie was eight pound eight when she was born. So I was like, oh god, how, how <laughs> much bigger is he going to be? Yes, um, you poor fairy. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to to him being born, and he was ten pound one and a half ounce. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Could you tell, like, obviously, I've not, I've not really experienced, like, a, a birth of that size before. So could you tell the difference or not when it's uh, coming out? No, it just, it all felt just, like, the same. Like, he didn't look to me any bigger than what Millie was. Mm. So they were like, oh, how big do you think he is? And I was like, mm, £8.10. They were like, oh, yeah, we think about the same. Put him on the scales. They were like, oh, my God, £10.1.5. 
Wow, that's amazing. Well, do you know what? I think sometimes they end up, I don't know about you, but I noticed that a lot of people end up having to go to growth scans quite like towards the end and everyone yeah. worries so much, don't they? But then, you know, hopefully, well, most of the time it all ends up okay anyway. Yeah, I think it's just the stress, isn't it, of them saying, oh yeah, your baby's not growing or your baby's too big. It's just, you, you think the worst, don't you? Oh, God, I'm a nightmare for that. I'm always thinking the worst of every single blooming thing. So, yeah, no, that that's it. So when he came out then, were you well then in yourself when, when he actually was born? Yeah, so when he was born, I had a lot of blood loss. So I lost 1.5 litres of blood. Um, but the think it's because, like, the pushing bit, it was only, like, eight minutes long. So I think because he was a big baby and he was... Um, it came out quickly. I think it was just a lot for my body to handle type thing. Mm. Um, so I lost a lot of blood. I lost 1.5 litres. Um, but it was getting to the point where like my blood was like clotting inside. So sorry for too much information, but it got to the yeah. point where the midwife had to like put a hand up in into the yeah. like, that area and like pull the blood clot out. Oh, that's awful. I remember that with George as well. I had that and it was just yeah. awful, like pulling like, oh, it's awful feeling as well, isn't it? No, well, I didn't think anything was wrong. Mm. Um, like obviously after he was born, I was just lying there as you do, waiting for them to come and check if we've had a tear or anything. Um and I was like, oh, Alan, have a look. Like I think I've lost some more blood. And you, you had a look and he was like, Lauren, there's loads. Like I'm gonna ring the midwife. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> were you scared at this point or were you still kind of in a bit of a daze? I was, yeah, I was in a bit of a daze because I was, obviously I'd been on gas now, so I was just a bit like, you know, when you're like coming down from gas now mm. and you're a bit like, God, what's just happened? Um, so, yeah, it was just, I didn't think there was anything wrong. Like I felt fine in myself. And then obviously when Alan told us, I, I didn't really panic because he didn't look worried. Yeah, so yeah. I think, I think the way he handled it really helped how I handled it type thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, it's scary, though, because I think when you lose so much blood, I only remember from George, is I felt like I wasn't even, I felt like I was just drifting off, but really peacefully. I don't know why. <laughs> it was a really weird experience. So what happened when they came back in then? Um. So... They were just like, oh, yeah, like you're losing a lot of blood. And then they were just coming in and taking, you know, how they put like the pads underneath. Mm. Um, and they were just like taking them away and like measuring how much blood was in it and stuff. Like obviously some was pooling, some was clots coming out. Um, so they just had to measure, like they were just taking it away and measuring it all. And then it got to, I think it was about one litre. And they're like, right, we really need, should be doing something because nothing, like nothing was, it wasn't slowing down. Where was it coming from then? Obviously around that area, but what was the reason? We never really got an answer, to be honest. They never actually said, oh, this is the cause of it. They just said because he was a big baby and he came out so quickly. It's just one yeah. of those, like, they, they didn't really give a full answer, to be honest. I don't no. think I'm get one. But, um, yeah, I got to about one, one litre um, and they were like, look, we really should be doing something. And then about five doctors came in the room and I was like, oh, my God. Um, they got like a, a scan, like a, you know, when you get like a baby scan. Yeah. They got like one of those machines, but it was portable. So they were like checking my womb to see if they could see anything. Um, and that's when the she was like the head 
SHO, so like the head doctor for that ward. She was like, oh, yeah, I can see you've got some blood clots. So I'm just going to like give you gas and air and I'll just go up and like pull it out. Obviously, it was uncomfortable, but it didn't hurt or anything. Um, and then I got an injection in my leg. Um, I had an allergic reaction to that, but it was more just my leg like swelled up a little bit. Um, and Is that, that to was- thin the blood? Was that to thin it or...? Um, it was to help control the bleeding. Mm. Um, I was given blood thinners, obviously, when I was discharged from hospital. Um, yeah. and I was on them for six weeks. So in the hospital then, were you? did you, the bleeding eventually stop then? Did yeah. you get transfusions? Uh, yeah, I had to get a blood transfusion. Um, but I didn't have to go into, like, theatre or anything for that. It was just literally, like, a bag, like, put in through an IV drip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, had that I got IV fluids as well um, to top everything up um, and then it just sort of stopped stopped by itself really um, obviously I was still get I was still bleeding because you do after yeah um, but it wasn't severe and they weren't worried um, then I had to stay in for so he was born on the 12th and then I was in for two days. I got discharged on the 14th just because um, my blood pressure was a bit off. Mm. Um, and obviously my iron levels. So I was given iron tablets to help yeah. with that as well. Yeah. So then you got home then, Lauren. And yeah. were you just settling into being... We do, did you feel weak or did you feel any different to what you felt like after having the girls? No, I didn't. It was... Like, obviously, I could tell I'd lost blood and that it wasn't weak. It was sort of just, like, quite lethargic. Mm. Um, so we got discharged on the 14th. It was about midday. Um, and I was just, we went to see the girls because they were at the granddad's while I was in the hospital um, and introduced them to Max. And I can remember they were, like, giving me a cuddle, but, like, I was in so much pain with my tummy. And I just thought that it was, like, you know, like, after you've had a baby and you get, like, your cramps like the afterbirth cramps yeah. and I just thought it was like that like I didn't think anything of it but it was like if they touched it it was really sore and I just thought it was like everything that happened and I was like I'll see how it is in a couple of days um but I didn't feel any different to what I felt like after I'd had the girls really just sort of my tummy was a bit tender really and then Mm, and that could have been like that's easily dismissed though isn't it like you say because of all that that you went through afterwards you'd think you well yeah I'm probably a bit sore because you know the doctor's had his hands up there you know pulling everything out and um yeah it's just one of those things so so then when did things start to kind of turn not so good um so we went in the car like just to see my sister at hers like she just had a look through the window at Max and then went to Alan's mum's because they live like close to us so it wasn't like we didn't go massively out of the way it was just so they could have a look through the window and I remember um getting to my sister's and I was like oh they have like a can of coke in the house because I felt like I needed sugar mm. so, oh yeah she brought some out and I had some and I just it didn't really make a difference so we got home and I kept saying to Alan, like, my, my tummy's really sore. And he was like, oh, you'll be, it'll it'll be fine. It'll just be like, after everything that's happened, you have to just give birth to a 10 pound baby. And I was like, oh yeah. Um, and then it was, we were just like pottering around, like getting the house ready for him and stuff. Um, and then it was like about six o'clock at night. So like just after tea um, and I just, 
I just said, like, I really don't feel well. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I just, I don't feel myself. I was like, I don't know if I'm just tired. Like, I just thought I'd been, because I'd done too much. And I just felt like, you know, we've been in hospital for, what, two, three days. Like, I think I'm just overtired. Um, and I remember my our friends came round and to see Max. Um, and Alan and Mike, they left because um, they have a Labrador. So they bought the Labrador. They went for, like, a walk. And I was with Angie with Max. And like, I kept saying, oh, are you really cold? Like, we'd had the heating on. And I was like, are you really cold? And I was like, shivering. She's like, oh, no, I'm okay. And I, again, I just thought it was because I was overtired. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm really tired. Like, I feel like I could just go to sleep. And she was like, oh, just go to sleep. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not what gonna... time was this then? It, like Probably seven, eight o'clock? Yeah, seven-ish. Um, and I was, I, was, I was just like, all right, like, I'll just, I'll stay awake. I'm not going to go to sleep when, you know, I've got guests and stuff like that. Um, they weren't out that long. And then about half eight they left so we came upstairs and I went to have a shower and I remember getting in the shower like I had to get Alan to help me in because I felt really weak um, and I got in the shower and I was having a shower but the whole time I just felt freezing like the shower wasn't cold it was hot and like I was just freezing like I was just standing in the shower like oh, I'm really cold and then I had to get Alan to help us out the shower and I was just like stood like I didn't have the energy to get dressed eventually I put my pajamas on and then I still felt really cold, so I put my dress, like a dressing gown on top and just got into bed and said to Alan, like, I need to go to sleep. Like, I remember just feeling really tired, like sleepy, like I couldn't keep my eyes open. Um, and then, so Alan was like, yeah, it's fine, I'll, I'll stay up with Max if he, get, if he wakes up. I mean, luckily he's been an amazing sleeper, so it wasn't a massive issue. Um, but he was just, he was like, oh yeah, don't worry, like I'll... I'll like get up if we, if we need to get up I'll get up with him don't worry you just get rest and I remember him waking us up like a few times in the night being like are you okay I was like yeah why was like you breathing really heavy and I was like oh no I feel fa-. like obviously I wasn't fine but I was like oh no I'm, I'm fine like yeah because when you're asleep you probably don't really know you're not okay do you really no like I, I didn't think any any different of it you know what I mean I was just like oh yeah I'm, I'm fine fell back asleep like but I just remember really struggling to be awake like I just wanted to keep my eyes closed and just go to sleep um so then it was the next morning when obviously it all kicked off um and I was really struggling to breathe and I couldn't tell at the time because obviously I was asleep but it was Alan who woke us up and he was like are you okay your breathing's really funny and I was like oh no like I I can't breathe properly oh god that just makes me feel like I can't breathe now you know like did you start then panicking like because that made you then not be able to breathe more not really I was a bit I was confused like I was just a bit like what's going on like I didn't really understand like the full extent I was just like no it feels a bit funny I'm struggling a bit and then I went to so Alan like got up and he I was like I really need to go to the toilet so obviously I've been asleep all night. I was like, I need a wee. He was like, right. And he, he got up to help us. And like, uh, um, I don't remember this, but I passed out and I fitted. Um, oh, so, and so Alan just was like, right, I'm taking it to hospital. I'm not waiting for an ambulance. Like, I'm just going to take it to hospital. Um, he rang the, preg- uh, the birthing unit at the hospital where I gave birth. And they were like, yeah, just bring her in straight away. And um, we'll sort it out. We'll see what's going on. So um, that was about, by the time I got to the hospital, it was 6.50 a.m. Um, and obviously 
that hospital luckily you're allowed to have your partners there and stuff but because we still had max alan had to drop us at the main door mm. and oh god I, I had to go up by myself to the like to the unit where i was being treated do you remember it all or is it all like a blur i remember some bits but i don't remember all of it it's it's weird like it's just it, it's like it didn't happen type thing um but yeah so I went up to the ward um and immediately was put in a room mm. um and I I remember them asking like what had happened so I explained everything like what I just told you I explained mm. to them the same and they were like right okay we're gonna get a doctor to come and review you so I took like I had a coat on I had like my trainers on I just took them all off and I was just lying on the bed like wanting to go to sleep again so then that happened I fell asleep for like five minutes and the doctor came in asked what had happened and so I told the doctor like what had happened then the next thing I know there was another midwife would come in and they were doing like swabs and stuff um so I had a COVID swab I had a throat swab and I had a swab from down below as well mm-hmm. just to see if I could sort of get to the bottom of why I was feeling the way that I was yeah so like in between that I was just on like half hourly observations and when I got admitted to hospital my temperature was 40.3 my heart rate was 144 so I was tachycardic if that's how you pronounce it I think Mm. that's how you say it um I was just honestly like completely out of it like I don't really remember much at all it's frightening um, it's frightening that I know oh, were you frightened at the time do you remember being frightened or were you okay no I wasn't then and um, there was a point which I'll explain it later on where I, I was really scared and mm. um, but at that point I sort of just wanted to know like what was going on and what was like the cause of it all um so after that what happened so this is what I mean. I remember some bits, but not all of it, because I was like dozing in between like people coming in. Mm, yeah. Um so at ten o'clock in the morning. Um So is this I, when the swabs came back? Did they come back quite quick? So the COVID swab that was supposed to take two hours, but it didn't come back until it was like eight o'clock at night or something ridiculous. Um God. but the the other two, they came back and the like there was nothing on them mm. um so obviously I had to explain and they got my notes anyway so they knew what had happened was like the blood loss and stuff so I had to like go through all that again so at 10 o'clock I got told that I was going to be going down for a scan on my tummy um so I went down for my scan mm. um and came back up and I think it was just after that that Alan got in after he'd sorted like the girls and Max um so luckily like some of the stuff I know is just because Alan was there as well mm. um so yeah I went for the I went for the scan um I was on all sorts of drips like IV antibiotics IV paracetamol like it, it was ridiculous I had like an oxygen thing up my nose to give us more oxygen because my oxygen levels were low so yeah I had oh, went through all of that and then it wasn't until about one o'clock that I, that we got told that it was definitely sepsis and to think the cause of it was uh leftover pregnancy tissue in the womb oh god 
So that's what we got told was the was the cause of it. Um, and they'd got that from the scan and they were like, look, we're going to have to take you down to the theatre to operate. Um, but oh. we will not do that until your COVID swab comes back. I know it's, I knew in my heart that I wasn't COVID. I was like, I know it's not COVID, but obviously they can't do anything about it until they've had that negative result. Mm. Um, so God, it was like just a waiting game, really. Obviously, like Alan was there, luckily, so I wasn't by myself. Um, but the whole time he was there, I was just out of it. Like I couldn't speak. Like I was drinking. I had to keep like my fluids up. Luckily, I was on a drip as well, but I had to keep drinking water too. Um. I wasn't allowed to eat because obviously I was going down to theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had all that to worry about. Um, and then it was half one when I got told that I was going to, that what the cause of it all, all was. Mm-hmm. And then it was half past eight that night um, when I got told that I was going to be going down for theatre and told like what, what was going to happen. Um, it was basically just an operation to go in um, and remove the the tissue that had been left over. Mm. Was that through like vaginally, or did they have to go uh, cut you open? So the so I was told originally that it was going to be like cut open, mm. like sort of like a cesarean type operation. Um, but then luckily it was able to be done keyhole, so vaginally it was mm. just which was lucky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how do they get to that bit though? Like, how do they know which which bit of tissue it is? Like, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I can remember them explaining it all. Like, obviously, I was completely out of it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but they did explain it to Alan, and they sort of said, "I think they can go up with like a camera as well." Yeah. And then they can just. It was. I think they said it was like it was getting burnt off. Right. So they were gonna like burn it off. Instead of like pulling it out, they were going to burn it. I think. Yeah. Um. God, that sounds painful. Well, I was under like um, I was knocked out for it, so I don't remember mm. the actual procedure. Um, but what I do remember when I got told that I was going for an operation, that's when I was scared because obviously I was like, I said to Alan, the first thing I said was, "I'm going to die." Like I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, he rang, he rang the girls obviously because I was going down for the operation. Um, and all I can remember was Mia shouting down the phone, I love you, mummy. Oh, and I God. just burst out crying. Like, I couldn't speak, I couldn't say it back, but I, the tears were just pouring out my eyes. Like, it was horrendous. Why did you think that? Did you just, were you just so scared at this point now? Yeah, I think it was just the way that I was feeling and going for the operation. And it was, I think it was just everything that just hit us at once. God. Um, and I said to Alan, like the first thing I said after he, he hung up the phone, he was, I was like, I'm going to die. He was like, you're not going to die. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And I was like, yeah, but you've got no control over it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, like, that was when I was scared. Like, I actually yeah. think I was going to wake up. And also, not to, I don't want to upset you, but not to bring this up, you've only recently like lost your mum, didn't you, really? So then it's like the whole, the whole thing. You've come too close to these kind of things happening before. Yeah. I think it was just everything that had happened in the last couple of years, months, days, just hit us at once. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to make it. Um, God, that's frightening. So no. frightening. Oh, God. Like, so in your head, you know, when you were having that call, did you think that was the last time that you would speak to your children? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That was the last time I thought I was going to speak to them. Obviously, I couldn't speak because I was completely out of it. I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, but that was like, I was like, that's the last time I'm going to hear the voice. Like, that's horrible. It was horrendous. Like I was heartbroken. But all I wanted to say was I love you so much. And I couldn't even speak. The, like I only just mustered up the energy to say to Alan, I'm going to die. God, God. I bet you were in shock as well. Like, it's just... Yeah awful I mean awful to even think like that but oh god it's, a, it's like a lot to deal with isn't it yeah I think it's one of those things where you don't think it's ever going to happen to you yeah you hear about it but you don't think or you think oh that'll never happen to me mm, yeah you don't you don't think it well sepsis is something you know we've all heard of and you know I'd never had anyone close to me it happened to and then obviously it happened to you and you just it really opens your eyes to actually you know no one is really safe I mean you can simply have a water infection and get sepsis can't you yeah like it's it sounds silly but like me and Alan was you know like um what's it called 24 hours in A&E so we'd like watch that and there'd be like kids on it that have gone in with sepsis and you oh. think, oh my God, like, and you think, oh, like, it's never going to happen to me, but I feel so sorry for them. Like, I hope, I hope they're okay and stuff like that. And then it happens to you and you're like, oh, it could literally happen to anyone for any reason at all. It's frightening. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, um, yeah. So, so after the operation then, I, um, I mean, I'm guessing, did, were you asleep a long time or? Um, so I think I went in at about half eight, I was taken down and then it was about 10 o'clock when I, when I sort of woke up, but I was in like, I was in critical care with oxygen and stuff to start with, just in case anything had gone wrong type thing. Mm. Um, I don't know how long the actual procedure was, but I, I got told once I got moved from critical care down to where the room Alan was. I was told that I'd gone well um, and everything. So, but it was weird. As soon as I had had that operation, I felt fine. That's so weird. It's so good that they could pinpoint where it was coming from. Yeah. Because what what happens when you have sepsis and they don't know where it's coming from? So, well, that happened to me the second time. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God, Lord. Oh, no. Yeah, I forgot about this. I remember you went back in. So, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so, obviously, after the operation, I was, well, fine. Um, Got discharged after a couple of days with just oral antibiotics. Um, They wanted to keep me in because my temperature was still high. Um, but then once I was given the oral bio- antibiotics, it went down and it was sort of, it was just a steady temp, like normal temperature. So they were happy for us to go home. Um, and then about two weeks later, um, I was sat just watching telly and I said to Alan, like, oh, I'm really tired. And he was like, oh, you'll probably just need to go for a nap. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, I feel like, everything hurts like I feel achy and and like uh, and then I started shivering and Alan was like oh I wonder if you've got like the flu or something so um because I wasn't well we'd asked Alan's dad to look after the girls um so we came to pick them up and he was like I think you've just got like flu or something it was that time of year it was the end of October 
because I'd taken my temperature and it was like 38, 39, I can't remember exactly. Mm. But then we took it again and it had gone down. So it was like just hot and cold type thing. Mm. And it was just feeling like I had the flu. So then Alan was like, look, I'm going to book you in for a COVID test just to be on the safe side. I don't think that is what it is, but you never know. Um, So that was about, I think my appointment for that test was about four o'clock in the afternoon. So went, got the test done, uh, came home. And then I didn't feel anywhere near as bad as I did the first time. So I, I genuinely didn't think it would be sepsis again. I just thought, oh, it's like flu. Um, it'll, I'll feel a bit better in the morning. And then obviously we still had Max because I'm not ready to let him go. I'm very no, <laughs> no, definitely not. Especially after everything you've been through. Uh, um, so we still had Max and obviously he's a brilliant sleeper. Like he sleeps 12 hours at night. So it wasn't like really an not an issue, but we knew like you, you didn't really need looking after as much because mm. he slept all night. Um, and it got to a point, I think it was about seven o'clock and I was like, I'm going to go to bed. So we went upstairs and we were watching telly in bed. And I was just like shaking, but it was like, I didn't feel cold. Like, I didn't feel like it was a cold shake. I was literally just like proper, uncontrollably shaking. Like, oh God. Like, so I, I, Alan was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't know. I just can't, like, I can't control it. And then I was doing like my, like deep breaths. And I thought maybe like it could be a panic attack related to like how I felt when I first had sepsis because obviously I was I had the shivering then. Yeah. Like, maybe it just set it all off. And like a, a trigger attack. or something. Yeah. Like last time this happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I thought it might have been that. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe we'll see if it happens again. So then it happened again and it was the same. Like I couldn't physically stop myself. It took, it was for about a good 10, 20 minutes, like just of this uncontrollable oh. shaking. So then it got to the point where um, Alan was just still taking my temperature and that, but it wasn't anything alarming. It was on the high side of 37, but it wasn't like anything alarming. Like we think, oh my God, you need to go to the hospital. Mm. So then I went to sleep. I slept all night um, and I woke up the next morning. I felt a bit better. And then I got up to go downstairs to make breakfast. And I am... Um, I felt really like I was going to faint. So I managed to not, I managed to not, like I just stood still and I took deep breaths and I was like, right. And I was like, Alan, I feel really like like I'm going to faint. So we came down and then all of a sudden I was just sick in the sink. Oh God. (laughs) And so then that was when Alan was like, right, I'm going to ring 111. So he rang 111 while I was like sat on the chair. He brought Max down as well. Um, so I was like just talking to Max like, as you do like just holding him and that um, he ran one 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 he went through it all with them and they were like right we're going to send an emergency ambulance I bet you were like what <laughs> yeah so I was like what what's going on um, so then they they came I got blue lighted to hospital and explained everything to like the triage nurse um, and she was like right we're going to we're going to get your room on delivery suite um, because you only, it was only four weeks postpartum. Mm. Um, so because I was only, I think it goes up to six weeks. Yeah. After six 
then you get admitted to an actual ward for treatment. Yeah, apparently that's when it's, I was just reading about it actually, and it was saying that sepsis can happen, they say postpartum sepsis up to six weeks. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know that actually. That's just another thing to be fearful of if you if I ever get pregnant. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm probably scaring everyone from having a baby. <laughs> No, no, no. It's important to raise awareness because how would people know? Like you didn't even know. So at least people know to look out for these things. Yeah, but then I got admitted to the, the ward and this was a different hospital to the hospital where I gave birth and went the first time. It was a different hospital. So they had different rules. So Alan could come that day, but he wasn't allowed to stay over, which he was allowed the first time. Um, and then after that, it was only one hour period for visiting. So I was like in hospital by myself, like most of the time, which I think is what made the whole situation worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got admitted into the hospital um, and they were like, oh yeah, we think like the sepsis has returned. And I was like, right, okay. And they were like, oh. but we can't work out where it's like, we can't pinpoint where it's coming from. So God. they took, um, had bloods taken, blood cultures taken, and I had blood taken from the pulse. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's a quicker way of finding out if something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that one hurt. It was like out of my wrist. It was horrendous. Oh God! What? Uh, where your pulse is? Yeah, like. In oh way- God! I don't like the sound of that. It was horrendous. Yeah. And um, and then I was in in the room, and I was told that I was going to be getting moved but I couldn't be moved until I'd provided a negative COVID result so they get they give us another COVID test um at the hospital but while I was there I got a test from the one I'd done the night before with Alan that said it was negative and I showed the hospital and they were like oh no we can't accept that because it hasn't come from the hospital I was like really like this is proven that I don't have oh my god but for that first 24 hour period in that hospital, I was trapped as COVID positive. I wasn't trapped as I was trapped for having COVID. But what so if what, you had taken a turn for the worst? Well, that's so obviously Alan came and he was saying the same. He's like, he's not like me. Like, I'll try and be nice about things. He just says what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> and, he was like the one that was like, or like this is ridiculous like she needs to be treated for sepsis you can see she's had sepsis before um she only had it two weeks ago this that and the other um but they were just saying until we get that negative test we can't like treat her properly oh my god so like it, they said it would take two you could hours. have died during that time and then what i know but i think because the symptoms that I had, literally, it was, like I say, it was nowhere near as bad as the first time. Mm. So I literally just felt to me like I had the flu. That's what I thought it was. I didn't think, oh, it's going to be sepsis again. No. Um, but when I got admitted, they did say, oh, yeah, we're going it, to, it's suspected sepsis. So I sort of knew that I'd come back. And I was like, it all makes sense, really. Like, there's so many different symptoms to look out for, for sepsis. Like, just mm. because you've got, a few and not all of them doesn't mean that it isn't sepsis type thing so I had like a shivering I had a temperature and I was like I had the the sickness because I didn't have all of them that's normally in the list I didn't think oh yeah it's sepsis again I just thought oh like it's just flu yeah so yeah. then obviously I got put on um when they got the test back 
to say negative, which I knew it was going to come back negative because I'd already given them that test. They uh, put us on the IV antibiotics again um, and the IV paracetamol. And I was on that every, I think they had to change it every hour. Mm. Um, and then eventually um, I got moved on to like the postnatal ward there. And I was just in this room by myself and I was just sat there like, at this point, like I was sick. Sick. I remember I was so like down and deflated, like mm. hadn't seen the girls properly for what, four weeks nearly more. Oh, God. Um, I obviously hadn't hardly been with Max and when I got discharged from hospital the first time like I was tired I didn't have loads of energy so like it wasn't as if I could be the normal mum that I was type thing yeah it's that whole time where you want to bond with your baby that you've kind of missed out on really yeah so I remember like after obviously them saying it was sepsis and the antibiotics I remember saying like look I want to go home like I don't want to be in hospital I was like is there anything that that like we can do type thing and they were like you've still got a temperature so we'll wait until like your temperature regulates and then we'll we'll see what happens so that was like on the second day on the third day I was just com- I'd completely was just sick of my life like I was just crying the whole time I was just so down and I was just like look I just want to be with my kids I was like surely like you can just give us some antibiotics type thing and send us home and mm. um, and they were like we can't work out what the cause what tipped it off for me was that they couldn't work out what the cause of the infection was no they took like three lots of blood three blood cultures and they still didn't know what was causing it god i was just like look i want to go home how do they treat that then just give you antibiotics till it goes yeah basically so what had happened is the first time i was sent home with antibiotics but those antibiotics weren't strong enough to kill the infection that was there within the set period of time. So when I'd come off the antibiotics after a couple of days, that's when I started feeling poorly again. So it was just the antibiotics weren't long enough or strong enough. Mm. Right, yeah. Gosh, that's frightening, isn't it? Because you'd think they'd just give you the strongest ones, wouldn't they? Just to make sure 100% it's gone. Well, you would like to think so, but Mm. you never know, do you? You don't know anything. Again, but once I got home, took my took those antibiotics. When that had finished, like I've been fine since. Like it hasn't come back, and that was the end of October last year. So that is good. Yeah, yeah. No, so that that I mean, it's not it's not likely to come back. Hopefully, then now. No, not not unless I get it from something else. If I get another infection or. It's frightening though that because you get scared then to every time you feel a bit under the weather I imagine like you'd be you, terrified worst. you do think the worst especially like after like going through it the first time and obviously I was so poorly mm. and then the whole the second like I didn't even think it would come back the second time but it did um oh. you just think anything like I've got a cold now I don't know if you can tell but like, it's just completely knocked me. Like, normally with a cold, I'd be fine. But, like, the past couple of days, I've just been like, I just want to stay in bed. I don't want to get up. I'm tired. Scared. Of yeah, it's just that. And you, it's just knocked me completely. Like, I'm just... Mm. 
I can understand it though because it's like you know you can sadly you can get sepsis from literally anything can't you like if Mm -hmm. you know I think you can get it from like a splinter in your finger can't you or something if it gets infected but this is like the the thing right it sounds stupid but like we had um my friend's Labrador around and she like jumped up and she managed to scratch my leg it was dead sore and I was like no I'm gonna get sick again do you know but I was like anything now I'm just saying I'm gonna get it again like yeah it's frightening but the good thing is you need to think is probably you know what it feels like or if you don't feel quite right I don't think you'd wait this time do you know what I mean like you think how lucky you were really from people that get sepsis can be ill within a few hours and and that's it whereas you actually went to bed that night obviously you must have had it you know, at six o'clock the night before, and then you went to bed, and yeah, you were breathing funny and everything, but you managed to get through like the whole next day and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just, oh, it's frightening anyway. I'm scared of anything anyway because I'm just really bad. But I can imagine for your that'll just be one of those things for probably for the rest of your life. Well, you'll never forget it, will you? No. I mean, like, it was horrendous. Like, it got, even for Alan, like, he was, if I didn't have him, I would be, I would have been screwed because, like, he was, it got to the point where he was sleeping on hospital floors, like, because the first time the hospital, like, you could only have the bed from 10 o'clock. But obviously, because I was, like, poorly and I was sleeping a lot, like, he was just trying to sleep when I was sleeping. So when I was awake, he could look after us type thing. And it got to the point where I was like sleeping on the floor. He didn't eat for three days while I was in hospital. Like, it's just crazy. Like what, what, it's not just me. It's like obviously affected him mentally. Like mm-hmm. he was, like, I don't, he won't talk about it. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Cause it's just completely one of those things that's just stressed him out. Mm, yeah. Like, it's awful. Just it affects everyone. Like, and, I just remember that walking into the house after the they were at the nana's and I went to her house to see the girls and they just looked at us and they were like confused and they were like, Mummy, you're back. Oh, poor Grace. <laughs> you know, I was just like co- completely confused and like it just affects everyone, doesn't it? Like you just, it's not just me, obviously I went through it, but they have as well mentally. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they've had to go without the mummy and not nice, is it? It's mm. it's awful. The whole thing um is awful. So what you know afterwards, did you did it take you a while to actually feel a hundred percent or did you kind of bounce back quite quickly? So I still don't feel a hundred percent. Um obviously it's the, my main thing, my main issue is when I got discharged from hospital, I was just sent home. I wasn't told, oh, like, you might get some side effects from it or you might feel like this. I had to do all that research myself. Mm. Um, and I can remember, like, it was I was just constantly tired. Like, obviously, you're going to be tired after what you've just been through and having a baby. But this was, like, to the point where I was, like, just had no energy at all. Like, I, it was a struggle to get up the stairs, like, type thing. Oh, God. Um, so I think the, the physical side, it's been, like, I've been lethargic, massively, massively tired. I mean, that's got a bit better. Muscle weakness, uh, like breathlessness. So, like when I say I was struggling to get up the stairs, I couldn't get halfway without feeling out of breath. God, I had like joint and muscle pains, like insomnia. Like I still I hardly sleep. 
Do you think you're suffering like with your mental health because of all this or not? Probably, yeah. Um, I Mm. think, yeah. I mean, I've definitely, definitely sort of got postnatal anxiety from leaving Max. Yeah. It sounds so stupid, but like I was in the car when he went to get his first needles and you're probably the same as me. You don't want to take them for the needles because they cry. So yeah. I'll end up in. Um, and like I was in the car, I wasn't far from him, but the whole time he wasn't next to us and I couldn't see him. I was really anxious. Like I was stressed. It was the worst thing. And I knew he was safe because obviously he was with Alan, mm. but like in the thought of just like, obviously like as, as Nana and his granddad, they're like, Oh, can I have him like overnight when I'm allowed? And, like the thought of it just I'm like no I, I can't bear the thought of him not being next to us no no it's it's so scary isn't it just I mean why what do you find that you're up in the night for just like you can't sleep thinking about it or it's not, it's not necessarily what happened it's just I can't sleep no ever ever since being in, being in hospital the first time I just can't sleep like it, it like the girls go to sleep at about seven, half seven. Uh, Max is the same. And obviously we've got Marley, um, who's the puppy. And she'll like sleep in a bed or she'll sleep on our bed. And because she's a puppy, she sleeps quite a lot. So like if it's quiet and nothing's going on, like, I'll fall asleep quite early, which is fine. Um, but I'll be still sat up until about 11, 12 o'clock, not doing anything, not thinking of anything. I'm just up. I can't sleep. Yeah. It's just weird. Like I just don't. No. It's not that I'm tired. Can I'm you one. not relax anymore yeah. as much? No, I can't. I, I've tried a bath. I've tried like mm. the whole self care. I've tried face masks. I've tried what about a magazine, a good magazine. Nothing works. I've tried no. reading. I've tried listening to music. Like just having the the telly on. Like them calming apps. Nothing. Nothing works. I just can't sleep. No, you can't switch off. Yeah. Oh, it's frightening, isn't it? They, well, I mean, the whole thing, you've been through like a really traumatic, would you say six months it must be now, is it? Is it six um, months? November, November, December. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Six, five, six months, yeah. Yeah, God. And really, it wasn't that long ago at all. It's it's frightening, really. What you've been through, it will, it will probably bother you for a while. I mean, you might actually find that you want to talk to someone about it um, you know, just to kind of get it out. Yeah, I've I have been in touch with um, the UK Sepsis Trust. I've been in touch with their support team. You've started. You've j- chosen them as your charity for my bump to baby Newcastle, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yes, I love that. No, we'll put a link to that in the um, in the notes to this episode. Yeah. Um, but you've got um, a blog that you've written on on your whole story, which is really, really well written as well. Um, and I'll put the link to that in the in the notes here too. Yes. Um, the sepsis one I haven't fully finished, but it's nearly finished. It's right. just taken a while. <laughs> no, I know. Well, the thing is, there's a lot to it, isn't there? Yeah, it's not as if it's just like one story. It's like loads of little ones and one big one. Yeah, and then it's like sometimes you just might not be ready to press that button because there's still other things that you want to include and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's has, just... has it affected like you with your bonding with Max or do you think it's it's not really? How how do you think that's been? No, that I'm obsessed with him. Like, oh, I love that. <laughs> he's like my little. Obviously, I love all my kids, um. But like, he's just my little best friend. Like, 
yeah. anything I'm just like I'll change all his nappies I'll feed him like no one gets a look in he's just a little boy <laughs> oh I love that oh Lauren thank you so much um for coming on and talking about that um if anyone's got any questions are they okay to message you about yeah of course that's brilliant and is there what we'll do is we'll put a link to the the symptoms as well like you said you might not necessarily have all of them yes thank you Lauren for sharing your story and I'm so glad you're better I was worried about you at the time it was worrying I say I say to Alan I'm like you know when you when I told you to ring call he was like yeah I said what did you say is it I can't remember so like, oh god I can just oh. imagine a reaction oh I was like what oh no oh I was so upset it really really upset me but I'm just so glad you're okay now um yeah. getting there god. You are, you're getting there and, you know, thanks so much for sharing it because I just think it's something that more people need to be aware of after birth because it can happen, can't it? Up to six weeks after these kind of things can happen. Yeah, it is. It's scary. Like like you say, you don't, you don't realise until you actually go through it. Mm, no, absolutely. No, everyone needs to be careful of that kind of thing and look out for it. So thanks very much, Lauren. And um, could you just tell um, our listeners where they can find you, if that's okay? Um, yeah. So I'm on Instagram and my username is at the Newcastle Mum, all one word. Um, and my Facebook page is the same, uh, just Brilliant. the Newcastle Mum. Perfect, perfect. So thanks very much for being our guest today, Lauren. No problem. I've enjoyed it. Thank I you. I loved it. It's brilliant. Thank you. Well, I say it's brilliant. That sounds a bit bad. I mean, I've loved having a chat about it. I'm just glad you're okay now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. 50 Shades of Motherhood is all about being free, being real, being raw and saying what you want to say without fear of judgment. So if you have enjoyed today's episode, please, please share it with your friends. You never know who it might help. Not everyone is so open about sharing their stories. So it's really important to raise awareness around topics so that it can help other people uh, feel less alone. And also, if you don't mind reviewing us and subscribing, that would be amazing. It means the more listeners we have, the more podcasts that I can create. So thank you once again for listening. If you want to make any suggestions for future episodes, please pop me an email over. My email address is Carla at mybumptobaby.com. And I look forward to speaking to you next time on 50 Shades of Motherhood. My Bump to Baby On Demand. Parent experts at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In this area, ready and waiting for you are meditations, feeding checklists, baby preparation lists, white noise, rain sounds, weaning recipes, pregnancy affirmations, and baby group taster sessions. As well as that, we have pregnancy experts, birth experts, postpartum experts, sleep experts, expert parent coaches, finance experts, and relationship experts. And this is only the beginning. All of these videos and all of this is waiting for you as soon as you join. And what's more, there's going to be more and more videos 
and experts joining this area. So come and join us now and start benefiting with the beta launch price. My Bump to Baby Experts on Demand. Experts at your fingertips 24-7 on any device.